Today on Locked On Goals, I'll be joined by John Broadbent for the majority of this podcast, and we're going to talk about last night's game in Bakersfield. And just to give you a quick note on the audio side, we will start off with John and I talking about food takes up in British Columbia. All that and more on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your Locked On Ducks. Your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I haven't actually been there since Abbotsford got their Canucks team. So I do want to check out a, an Abbey Canucks game and visit a couple of friends that I have up there. Because And you got to hit up a Timmy's when you're up there. I hope, I hope you guys did that, girls fans. Uh, hit, hit up a Timmy's, get some tidbits. Yep, Timmy Hoes, baby. Enough. Woo! Yeah, that that's like the perfect you know after you have a couple of drinks and Tim Hortons just it's just that one kind of snack. I mean, it's not the best donut, but it is the cheapest donut and it's the cheapest at a like at a good quality. You know, it, it's Tim Hortons. Oh, are we going to get into food takes now? <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not. We're not going to get into food takes. We're. I mean, yes, I've done a couple of food takes. On, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I, I do love those guys, but <laughs> and I I have my own food takes too. I do ranking ranking donuts. No, 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 no. I'm I'm not going to get suckered into this. <laughs> what we could do later this season is rank the, I guess, concession stands at Pechanga because those have changed a little bit. If okay. if the poutine was still there, it'd be number one. But it is well. I have to I have to get there first to try them to be able to have an opinion, but. Yeah, okay. Oh, still. The, That'll happen eventually. The the best comfort food that I could possibly have at Pachanga Arena is the ice cream. The ice cream is top-notch. But let's talk about the games up yes. in Abbotsford. <laughs> so Friday's game was one that we probably want to forget a little bit about because that was another bad start for Lukas Dostal and maybe a little bit concerning because Dostal only played one period and gave up four goals just like that. I will say... They were not all his fault because the defense kind of let him down on a couple. I mean, there's there's at least one that he wants back. But in general, some of that was bad luck too, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It's just a combination. I think they mentioned it in the broadcast and the, the, the night after. Um, bad luck, but also the Canucks capitalizing on opportunities. Uh, and I... I'm remembering in particular one where it was a break the other way on a broken play and a shot that became a, a chip, essentially. Like, pass, slap, slap, shot, slap, pass, and yeah. then chipped over his shoulder. And he had no chance on that. Like, he's he's got really good reactions and athleticism, but it's too much to ask of him to, to make that kind of stuff. Yeah, that that one, I thought, that's not on him. That's, no. that's on the defense getting burned. That's a really nice goal. Yeah. And um, I think the first one was uh, the the guy got somehow got in alone on him, wrapped around him. Oh, the John Stevens goal. Through the crease. Yeah. That, 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 so, that one, that was a good wraparound goal first off for John Stevens. That was nice. Well, he, he just was there on the spot to get the, I don't know, I think it was Klemovich um, who... I'm going to remember that name in terms of my wish oh. list of guys we get from other teams because that, that guy was good. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that was a nice apple. Uh, yeah, him. stuff like that that shouldn't have been allowed to happen. There wasn't enough man-on-man type type defense in that game. Like the Canucks were just able to to use their speed essentially too much speed. Yeah, and the thing is, they kept getting burned in the neutral zone in general in that first period because it seemed like Abbotsford was having their way getting into the zone, and that's yeah. that's on the players. That's on the defense themselves. Yeah, and what was frustrating me the most about that game, which I put in my post game notes, was. Um, the goals transition game out of their own zone has definitely improved this season. There seems to be a set plan, a set play that they must have practiced like just non relentlessly nonstop. But once they get across the blue line into the opposing team zone, there's no plan. They don't know what they're doing. It's just get a shot on net, try to get the puck back. And it's, it's not, yeah, it's not working. Um, by the way, have you noticed a little bit so far this season that the power play has been a little bit more stagnant than last season? Less movement, yeah, you're right. Definitely less movement. Yeah, and I, I think there's a phrase that we used for that less last season is that the power play needs more fiber. Yes. <laughs> yes. It felt yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Less less sugary uh cereal and more weedy. Yeah. Roast and such. Um <laughs> gosh, one power play in particular on Friday. It was just puck to the point. Puck to the left side. No mm-hmm. movement. Back to the points. It's also getting pretty predictable in some ways. I know um, you can see what they're doing. They're always, they're try, it's, there's a back and forth between Briard and Grimaldi. That's, yep. You can put money on that every time. Um, and they're always trying to tee up one of them for a one-timer. Now, whereas everyone else is sort of just standing around. To their credit, they did at least get a power play goal in the third period of that game. At least it was a Braden Tracy goal. Which was a nice one. I mean, yeah, it was a third goal of the game for them. Yeah, the game was not necessarily out of reach. It was 5-3. It felt like the goals could come back at that point in the third. But that was probably their best power play goal of the season. And that's saying a lot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, queries about the power play. It, that first unit is really good. There's a lot of good... There's, why not put all the talent out there? But it also makes me feel a little bit concerned that the second unit are the guys that should be they're being developed, that they should get the time. So like Perot and Tracy. Yeah, um, but you got to admit, having Tracy, uh, O'Regan, and Grimaldi as those three up front have worked pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you can't fault, like, if you need a goal, turn to Grimaldi kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and hopefully the rest catch on, catch fire off of him. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's early days. Yeah, it, it's early. All right, um, we're running up against it. So we're going to head to the first intermission and talk a lot more about the second game in the second segment. Ha ha ha, see what I did there? But first, we're going to talk about Bet Online, which is the one place that has you covered, the one place that we trust. Bet Online has lots of odds. And if you're a betting man, you probably don't want to bet on the Ducks too much because they've lost a bunch. But, you know, you could always bet on Toronto. Oh, wait. (laughs) Don't bet on Toronto, folks. Just don't do it. Aside from NHL, you have the NBA. Uh, Sorry, fans, but probably don't bet on the Lakers so much this season. You have the NFL. Maybe don't bet on the Buccaneers right now. Um, Baseball's dead to us. And there's also (laughs) boxing, MMA, NASCAR. Sorry, baseball fans, but it's still dead to me. 
So if you want to check out the latest lines, head over to Bet Online using either your mobile device or your laptop, which I'm on now. I can't show you my laptop because I'm on it right now. <laughs> Bet Online is the official online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please gamble responsibly and do not bet on um, the coyotes or the sharks too much. Bet responsibly, folks. Let's talk about that second game up in Abbotsford. A little bit more of an enjoyable game. But before we do that, one key play that I want to talk about from Friday's game that I forgot to mention was a big hit that took place late in the third period, which resulted directly to a Canucks goal. This was a pretty big hit by Jet Wu on Jacob Perot. I think you used the phrase airtime, didn't you? He got some good air. Yeah. <laughs> that was like a Tony Hawk replay. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like he got air, but you could hear the crowd just ooh and ah there. You could freeze frame that and just watch. Yeah. Oh, oh, poor, poor it didn't look good. Didn't look good for the landing either. <laughs> no, it did not. Which didn't stick it, which directly leads to what I want to talk about for game two of that series because Jacob Perot was out of the lineup. So I here's where here's where I will mention this. I do have someone that does cover the Abbotsford Canucks. Uh, he's been on this podcast before. He's actually been on Goals Thursday before, Michael Liu. He covers the Abbey Canucks for, I think, Full Press or uh, somewhere else. But he covers the Abbey Canucks. And he was the one that told me that it was likely that he was out because of that big hit. And I, I think there was a slight rumor that it might be a call-up. I want to dispel that rumor right now. It is not a call-up. Not mm. yet, anyway. But we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, but Jacob Pro was up in the press box. And while the goals didn't say that there wasn't an injury, it may have just been, you know, just like an off day, you know, still. Like, yeah. I mean, that was a big hit. It's a, it's a ding day. He got dinged up. Um, yeah, and thank you for reminding me of that because I completely forgot. And when I had people asking me, "Is it a call up? What's the deal with him being scratched?" I, to be honest, I missed the start of the first period because I was out looking at open homes. Yeah, uh, and, and that's that's why I'm around. <laughs> yeah, so I yeah went to you and also checked what I could find. Um, the girls' Twitter put underneath the scratches the injuries, but didn't note him as an injury. Yeah, um, and and so I, I had to do I had to do some finding out on my own, and yeah, you know that's what I, I mean. But he was there. I mean, he yeah. was, he was in the press box. My the, the case is yeah, and and so let's talk about it now. The case for him not being called up, it just uh, he hasn't stood out the most in terms of being worthy among the forwards. No, he hasn't. Uh, I mean yeah. that he hasn't been the most consistent. While he's had some yeah. good goals. And this is me. I mean, I've watched. Let's see. I've watched four goals games up close now. A couple in Ontario. Jacob Pro has had some very good shifts. He's also had a couple of shifts that left me scratching my head. One of those games took place on Wednesday night. While Pro did have a good game, um, I did notice what I call like he just missed a shift. Like there was nothing there. And that's not what you want. You don't want to have a player virtually disappear on one shift and another shift. That's mm-hmm. not too concerning, 
but it's still something that needs to be polished up a little bit. Like you want to have that consistency in your game, don't you? Yeah. And you can really tell when he's on his game, when he's fiery and for need for a better word, back talking the refs, which he does that a bit. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, um, it's, it's gonna, like, we both agree. I think we both agree. Um, that, Brent Tracy's the more deserving of a call-up right now, which yes. is actually kind of, isn't that funny how started last season it was the same deal where Tracy was on this massive hot streak. Yeah. And, and then Perot caught fire afterward. Um, That's a and good then point. they both kind of went quiet, but that was because uh, Tracy got injured. Um, and then I think Perot got two injuries that were sort of back-to-back. Well, Perot had that three-week span last season when he was just on a bender and just scoring on everybody, including, by the way, that lacrosse goal last season. Yes. Yeah. I mean, how can how can we forget that? So that was that was where I thought Jacob Perot had arrived, and then yeah. all of a sudden, Braden Tracy he started to become Mister Reliable, more dependable, and I think that's where you and I agree. If the Ducks are going to call someone up, and actually, um, I'll give a shout out here, uh, Felix Sicard. <laughs> who put out a tweet recently that said, why not shake things up? And I noticed it. I noticed that he put Braden Tracy in that third line instead of Jacob Perot. You noticed it. I noticed yep. it. We are, we are totally in agreement on this. And here's where I'll talk for a few seconds. I think Tracy has been the most reliable player for the goals this season as far as special teams. He's been more responsible on back checking, which I, I know defense should be a key in this game, and it, it's important. Tracy has been that reliable guy. Yeah. And he yeah. he seems like the kind of guy, like he's been the guy that has not really missed many shifts. He's definitely picked up his defensive game this season as well. Defensive side of the puck. Um you can it's really noticeable. And I know we don't really put much stack in the plus minus stat, but he's up there in terms of, I mean, on a, on a mostly negative team, he's, he's positive. Yeah. So what else can we uh, say as far as Braden Tracy's game in general, like why he's the main guy you want called up? Uh, he's driving play, like subtly driving play, not immediately noticeable, but uh, you can guarantee if a play's happened, it's because he's somehow been involved. Uh, he's turning pucks over, getting in there, Digging away, um, generally being a nuisance. If he's not doing anything else, he's always doing something, <laughs> and that's yeah. A, a nuisance? You want to go with that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, no, he's he's pissing people off like Nick Briard does, but um, <laughs> he uh, he's getting there. I, I don't know if he could reach Nick Briard level. Let's be let's be honest here. <laughs> Nick- That's why I love the guy. That's why I love that the honey badger. <laughs> He's in a class of his own. First, he off. is. He does not give an F. <laughs> you know, he didn't give an F on Saturday's game either. No, um, no, no, no. Nicholas Bruyard, I, I thought, just kind of off, off the puck. Bruyard had a good game on Saturday. Um, he- someone else that I do like a lot, and here's where we're gonna have a little bit of. More agreement. One guy that I really, really like, and I cannot believe the Ducks did not give him a shot. Rocco Grimaldi. 
<sighs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. You and I have different Rocco references. Your <laughs> Rocco reference is a Nicktoon, is Rocco's Modern Life. Yes. My Rocco reference has been Rocco from Sesame Street. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Only because, <laughs> mainly because of the spelling. But, sure. but, you know, I mean, you you see my Twitter handle down here. It's Stimpy. Like, my favorite Nicktoon of all time is Ren and Stimpy. But yes. I also love Hey Arnold, and I love Rocco's Modern Life. One of the all-time Back classes. when cartoons were by people that were on drugs. The best kind of cartoon. <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> Come on, Ren and Stimpy. Like, what the hell? Those, yep. What's wrong with Ren and Stimpy? <laughs> Those guys were on drugs when they did that kind of thing. No, but, no, like, no, no, no. It's they absolutely were. It's a totally wholesome show. Everybody should watch it. They should have their kids watch Powdered Toast Man. Exactly. There's a man that flies backwards um, that saves people with his ass. <laughs> no, I mean it's... you're you're right, but kids, <laughs> kids, if you're if you're watching, Red and Stimpy is a perfectly fine show to watch. I promise. Parents, if you're uh, watching this, um, disregard what I just said. I can only always remember veins popping on Ren's eyes. That was like a feature in every single episode. Just like an extreme close-up on his eyes and his veins popping. Look, yeah. Stimpy, Stimpy was just trying to be helpful in half of those episodes. <laughs> yes, there were a couple times where Stimpy was being deliberately a jerk. But, so, I mean, oftentimes he's just trying to help. <laughs> See, see yeah. those those guys can have their food takes. We can talk about our Nicktoons takes and Ren and Stimpy being totally or fine. Nineties cartoons references. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Oh yeah, I'm good with that too. So <laughs> anyway, back to Rocco Grimaldi. Yes. Wow, that was a weird tangent. I, Don't I worry, I'll bring it back. Yeah, <laughs> I still cannot believe that the Ducks did not give him a contract. I mean, he did lead Anaheim in preseason scoring this season. And he even made it to the very end of training camp. It was expected that he would make the roster. You thought so too, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, it was. It seemed pretty much a given until they, you know, I guess they were like, "Oh, Lisa," and picked him up. So it was sort of like, um, "Yeah, here you go. You're going to make the roster. Yep, here you're going to go." And then shiny, sparkly, big, huge dude. Sorry, mate. Grabbing him. Better luck next time. Um, but it, it could still happen. Like from what we're hearing that he was signed and sent down on the proviso that he'd probably eventually get brought back up if, you know, he played well enough and he's playing well enough right now. Yeah. He's clearly too good for the AHL. Um, I will say that in that first Everson game, he absolutely disappeared. He wasn't noticeable. I tweeted, is he even playing? Yeah. Because he should be. And then he showed in this most recent game scoring that tying goal and factoring another, other plays he can dominate and take over games by himself. And that's what he should be doing every game. Yeah. I mean, first off, that was a great game time goal that he had. By yeah. The way. So much speed. Yeah. That kid can fly. He's so fast. Yeah. A lot of speed. Perfect power play. Did you notice that power play had a lot more movement than usual? Well, and part of the reason. Broken play. That was, that was a transition pass. Like it, a vice. That was, it was. Yeah. But, as you mentioned, part of that is because of Rocco's speed. Yes. Yeah, they need to utilize that. Uh, yeah, they need- It feels like the formation, the formation they play, it's like uh, 
they try to spread the defense out and try to open up a lane for a for a point for a one timer. Uh, but it's getting a bit predictable. They need to use other elements. Well, uh, to your point, and we'll go cross over to Ontario. Remember that Ontario kind of had two set plays last season, but that was because they had a guy that could shoot a puck at 109 mm. miles an hour. They had Martin Furk. Mm. And the goals don't have that. They don't have someone that could blast at 109 miles per hour. They don't have anyone that can smash the puck right now. Yeah, you see where I'm going with that. Yes. Yeah, you, you can't have a smash. Yeah. So you, yeah. Need, you need to do something else. Which yeah. is what more teams, especially in the AHL, I've noticed this more in the AHL than the NHL, where you have the speedy guys come in from the back, from the back blue line, generate mm. speed, get through the neutral zone, and try to cut in. Whereas yeah. you have three or four guys just pass it across. Now you're just having one guy come, in some cases, from behind the goalie, just build up speed more and more and more and more and more and more, and all of a sudden... Rocco is crossing the blue line and passing up two guys. So, yeah. I'm, and I'm noticing yeah, that it's... more, mainly because a lot of the short guys don't make the NHL. Yeah. Yeah, I know. He, he deserves it, though. He's, he's strong on his feet, um, battles, not, not afraid of anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm a big fan. I just wish he'd show up more of like you just i'm just just giving some criticism based on that first game against yeah Evansford. yeah uh the second game by the way we should just mention that the second game did end in the shootout it ended late and daniel regan who we really like on here daniel regan already has eight apples this season he scored the game oh wow okay. shootout yeah by the way newsflash daniel regan has eight points all assists look who huh? Daniel Regan hasn't scored a goal this season. No, I didn't even. Wow, I've I had a quick look at the stat list the other night, um, and wasn't surprised to see Nick Briard's leading in scoring. Um, but behind the positive behind all that is there's a lot of guys in keeping with the, like the, lots of guys with points. Yeah, um, it's a team effort. There's no two guys leading. You know that that are a one and done kind of on a team that you could, another team could just target and shut down. It's, it's a, it's a contributed offense across the whole lineup. Yep. So we mentioned two names. We mentioned Braden Tracy. We mentioned Rocco Grimaldi. Mm-hmm. Is there any defenseman that <coughs> you are most impressed with? Yeah. Number one defenseman this season is Drew Hellison. So it's always, it seems to be always a different guy every season, doesn't it? Um, yeah, but it is. he's stepped up. Yeah, hmm. he's he's stepped up and he's the number one defenseman this season. Um, so, what do you like about Drew Hellison's game the most, and why should he be the defenseman? If if there was a D man that gets called up, why would you prefer Hellison? Uh, he's he's got the tools. Um, he's he's quality. He's everything about his game is quality. Uh, physicality, uh, first pass. Um, reads and uh, his um, visuals, just in terms of predicting and looking for open open men, is it's it's there. He's um 
Yeah, I'm trying to think back to who who I fell in love with last season. It's been so long. Um, <laughs> it, it seems like so long ago. I th- I think the defenseman. I mean, well, of course we loved Trevor Carrick last season, but you know that wasn't someone that was going to get called up. No. No, I Cody know. Cody Curran for the span there was, I, and then I, I think I got I fell in love with Axel in the end. Axel was definitely the best by the end of the season, but there was somebody else as well. It was uh, Cody. So. I think there was a player last season, and the one defenseman that I could possibly think of was maybe Brendan Gooley that we liked for a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, he was doing better. I want to root for the guy. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, yeah, he needed to try his, try his wares. Um, yeah. No, he wasn't top of my list. There was... Actually, you know, you know who I fell sure in love with? Yeah. You know who else I fell in love with last season? And I'm sad he's gone. Alex Limoges. Me too. Me too. So much. Yeah. I, I can't believe they didn't give him a contract. Same here. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, all the guys they let, they let go, sure, they replaced them with some quality replacements, but there was no reason to let him go. Like, it's so hard to get goal scoring. It really is. So... Drew Hellison, I think, is the defenseman. And I think at least we agree on the forwards, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if the Ducks are going to call up any defensemen anytime soon because they've been going 11-7 recently. So they're stacked with defensemen up in the NHL level. But forwards, between Rocco Grimaldi and Braden Tracy, who would you rather see? Oh... <laughs> that's a good question I have, um, to, I have to end on a good question because I, I want the Ducks fans watching this to think, and Gulls fans to think about this too like yeah. out of those two well, I think I think Braden Tracy deserves it the most because he's played the most consistently like Grimaldi would disappear in that last game um, where Tracy's always on it so yeah he does deserve it the most and on that note I, whenever I think of goals players going up, it means somebody comes down, generally. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, Carrick's coming back soon, so we will be getting somebody back, possibly. We need to mention that, yeah. So, Sam Carrick is practicing soon with the team. Yeah. And he should be coming back. There's also someone else on the Ducks roster that has not been getting playing time, but I talk about that for Ducks podcast anyway, but... There are certain guys that should be dressed and they're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Sam Carrick, I think, could help out the Ducks in general. But with Sam Carrick coming back to the Ducks, maybe third or fourth line, who do you want to see possibly come back to San Diego? The only one that does the less damage in terms of risk of being picked up on waivers. Um, but I know that nobody wants that to happen, but is Regenda. Like... He's he's exempt from waivers. Um, I go I could, I could go look it up. I'm not even. I, get, I think Lundestrom's probably played enough games. He has, and uh, that's frustrating. Regenda deserves more games. He does. He really does, and it's upsetting. <laughs> he might come back. He he yeah. might come to San Diego. But all right, yeah, good. That was that was a good segment. Good good talk there. Um, Yes. Uh, we're going to wrap up this segment, but before I let you go, 
tell the fine folks where they can find your work, your Twitter, and all that jazz. Oh, wait, there's one other topic we didn't mention. Um, just on the defenseman, uh, one other player we could be looking forward to coming in the future who's doing very well right now is Jackson Lacombe. Ooh. Fingers crossed. Yeah. He doesn't. Fingers crossed he doesn't take advantage of that loophole and sign elsewhere. Um, and hopefully we see him as a black ace at the end of the season. That's right. I think that's a, name, that's a name we have to keep an eye on the next maybe two, three months. Yeah. Because the season hasn't really started yet for NCAA. But soon enough. Yeah. So anyway, you can find me at defendthenest.com. Um, Twitter, defendthenestSD. Um, I share all my stuff on there. Look out for my most handsome coaches ranking article very soon. I'm down to four coaches left to do. Um, bit of a silly piece that I'm doing just because there was that, I don't know, was that a couple of weeks ago? Somebody shared an article by gambling.com or something. Uh, the media, hockey media jumped all over it because everyone's favorite team has a coach. And where did they fit in the ranking? Um, and I, that's done by an app or something. So I was like, no, no, I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> and by by the way, Ducks and Goals fans, look for John to come on this podcast a little more than usual coming up since I'll be having John as a contributor to this podcast for Goals Thursdays, which I guess leads to what you want to say. And vice versa. Uh, um, Jason has very, very generously offered to help me with doing recaps and writing for me. So um, those games that I can't cover when they're on a weekday because I'm at work, um, it's very graciously offered to cover. So I'm very, very grateful and excited for that. Look forward to that. Yeah, so we'll be contributing with each other's stuff. And hey, Goals fans, um, look, for, <laughs> look for me to come down there a little bit more often. With that being said, because I, I've mentioned this several times, I love going to San Diego. Those fans are the absolute best. And if you they, watch, if you watch the broadcasts, just yes. listen, listen for Jeff starting that chant. One, two, three, four. It's all your fault. You well, <laughs> boo you, loser. Ah, <laughs> uh, my favorite people. They're they're amazing. The the goals like everyone down in San Diego is the absolute best. They really are. Absolutely. Uh, John, thanks for coming on once again. Really appreciate it. Pleasure as always. Pleasure as always. Loved it. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, you're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. This is Goals Thursday, where we're talking about the San Diego Goals. And as you may have already seen, yeah, the first two segments were recorded a few days ago before some of the moves that the Ducks made including Pavel Regenda going down to San Diego and Sam Carrick. They both made their goals debut for the season last night up in Bakersfield. (laughs) How did that go? It was both good and bad for both players. So let's talk first about the game itself just briefly. It was a goalie duel for the first 20-40 minutes of the game. It was fine. Lukas Dostal, he looks good. Calvin Pickard, he looks good. Imagine Calvin Pickard and Lukas Dostal still starting opposite each other because Pickard has been around for a while. Dostal is still, he's still a baby. They were going mano a mano. 
really the first two periods. And I got to give credit to Dostal. He made some fantastic saves and the defense did him no favors once again. Shots on goal at the end of two periods was a whopping 34 to 21. So the goals allowing a plethora of shots kind of reminding themselves of the parent club because, hey, the goals gave up over 40 shots. Guess what? So did San Diego. They also gave up 40 shots. And wouldn't you know it, right away in the third period, sorry, the third period, Bakersfield strikes first. But this one was kind of weird to me because that goal, I mean, there was really no replay and the Bakersfield people were not going to show that side of the replay. And players were arguing. But that might have been offside, maybe. Austin Strand batted a puck in midair towards the blue line and from from the only camera view that we got it looked like it might have crossed the blue line it may have been offside but the AHL does not have that as an offside like reviewable on the offside the AHL review does cover goals I mean that part is at least important the AHL at least now has the camera capabilities to do shots like overhead shots and have good um, camera work on that side as far as goals. Offside, that is still an only NHL thing. In fact, the NHL didn't bring that on until only a couple seasons ago. So even on the NHL, it's still new. The AHL doesn't have that. But I'm sure if they were to review that goal, I don't know. It looked really close. I know Andy Zilch said it was really close. Um, Austin Strand said that was absolutely out. But nonetheless, Noah Philp got the go-ahead goal, made it 1-0 Bakersfield at the time. Unassisted, of course. And then after that, the goals picked up some trash. Drew Hellison had a, a great, hard shot towards the net. Hellison worked his butt off to get that shot off. And there was Pavel Regenda to put the trash away, put away the rebounds on Cal Pickard, making it 1-1. Then Bakersfield scored a couple of goals on Lukas Dostal, one of them on a pass from behind the net. That was the Matthias Janmark goal. Michael Kesselin's goal may have been deflected off of a goals defenseman. And looking at that replay, it might have been deflected off of maybe Daniel Regan, maybe Jared Hilderman. But nonetheless, after the Kesselin and Janmark goals, that made it 3-1 to one Bakersfield. San Diego did try to come back. They got a goal with a man advantage and Dostal on the bench. So that made it 3-2, to two, but that would wind up being the final score. The goals did have a power play at the end, so they went 6-4, on four, but nothing for the last minute and change. So the goals go down in Bakersfield. Tough game for a few guys. First off, Dostal, he had a tough game. That first goal, not his fault because I do want to point out that the puck may have been offside, but that does not give the defense an excuse to stop playing and expect a whistle. You play to the whistle. You always play to the whistle. Don't just stop and assume that puck is like the puck is out of play don't assume that play is going to stop you play to the whistle they did not do that and there was there was at least a couple guys 
that straight up stopped. Strand was one of them because he was the one complaining that the puck was out of the zone. The other one was Pavel Regenda. He absolutely stopped and he got burned. He got burned on that one. The other two Condor's goals. One of them was a deflection off a defenseman. Dostal could not pick up on that because that's a weird deflection. The only one that maybe I can... Actually, I can't even really put that one on Dostal was the third one. That was just a great pass from Alex Peters from behind the net. And defense just crashed right there. They did. Hilderman, he still needs some work. Hilderman was paired with Drew Hellison. Hellison, I thought, had a terrific game. Hilderman, that was his first AHL. He still has a little bit of learning to do on the AHL level, but I thought he was okay. Regenda had both a good game and a bad game. Regenda had a good game in that he did get his first pro goal in North America, and offensively, he was right there in a lot of the plays. Defensively, that was where he did not have a good game. He did miss more than a couple of assignments. He did not back check nearly enough. So I'm kind of seeing more why the Ducks want him to go down to San Diego. He still has a lot to learn in the professional game. And that's just something that comes with reps. And it comes with more time in the American Hockey League. And this this is just me being completely, completely honest. Regenda's a good player, but he still needs to tweak and fine-tune his game just a little bit more. Uh, Hellison, I thought, had a decent enough game. Sam Carrick, it was his first game back from hip surgery. You could tell he was shaking off the rust a little bit on this game. I have confidence that he will come back stronger on his next game. Which, by the way, we've got to talk about the goals schedule really quick. So the goals have a pretty full week of hockey coming up and that starts this weekend. So just to go over the games really, really quickly, they're going to be at home. They're going to be up against a team from Milwaukee. They play the Admirals Friday and Saturday at home at Pechanga Arena. And I'm sad that I'm not there for Mexican Heritage Night on Saturday. That looks like it'd be a ton of fun. So that's those two games. And then they have a game up at Dollar Loan Center at the new arena in Henderson, Nevada to take on the Silver Knights. So three games on the docket. And as always, we'll have goals Thursday, next Thursday. I'm going to try to get that one out on time. But I'll tell you right now, I will be flying home Thursday night, so that one may not get out, but we'll see. All right, we have one more episode this week, and then we'll have a couple of days off, and then we'll be back middle of next week for regular Locked on Ducks podcasts. So, hey, stay tuned for all of that. In the meantime, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to click that subscribe button if you're on YouTube. You could follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. If you want to email me, you could do so at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. And I'm off to get my racing stuff. Marathon, coming up pretty soon. I'm excited. Cannot wait. Once again, thank you all so much for your continued support. It is greatly appreciated. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks and Locked On Gulls, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day.
rest of the afternoon. Please continue to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and ducks and gulls fly together.